You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coach for Men, Michael David Huey. Guys, welcome to another session of the HeFluence podcast. My name is Michael David Huey. I'm the founder and CEO of HeFluence. And every time I get on one of these um, podcast interviews, we pray. I usually pray with my, my guests. And, and, and God is here today. God is here to encourage and, and to give you wisdom. I believe that where two or more gathered, God's here and his wisdom is freely given when we ask it. And so... Um, one of the things I like about doing this is, is that being an entrepreneur, you get to meet very special people um, in life, men who have a passion for men like I do to help men walk in purpose. And so um, I, I got to make my guest uh, just a couple months ago. We jumped on a call and and it was really and, and actually I remember taking some notes after our call and just going back and realizing the passion that n- not only Nick had for God, but for his wife and for men and, and, and to lead and guide in men. And I think that today you're going to hear from somebody that I feel like I'm really like-minded with that really wants to help men inspire and to really walk in their God-given talent. And I think that that's something that as men, um, we, we, we're not fulfilling that as our calling. And, and I said this to um, my pastor a couple weeks ago, I said, you know, men really have to start stepping up and taking their place in the home and in the church and in the kingdom and in business. They have to start leading their families. I, I remember, um, it's funny. I, I, I had this vision the other day of, a um, of a, a conversation I had with my grandmother. Um, and, and those of you listening today, if, if you've had a, somebody in your life that really inspired you, it was my grandmother. My grandmother inspired me to walk in purpose. And you know what she said? She said, she said, son, if, if a man doesn't work and provide for his family, the Bible says he doesn't eat. I don't know about you, but I love food. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go without eating, right? So uh, we work and we inspire. And so let me, before I turn it over to you, let me just tell you a little bit about my friend, Nick Connor. Uh, he's the CEO and founder of The Man Made Mastery. Now, now that should say a lot about him. He's married to his queen, Lisa. Lisa, do you say it Lisa, Nick, or is, how is it pronounced? Yeah, you got it. The two I, eyes, the two eyes might be throwing you off, but it's Lisa. Yeah. Okay, good. So we both are married to Lisa's, which is pretty cool. Um, they live in Estonia, which is located in Eastern Europe. And, and, and you're probably listening to this um, a couple weeks into um, what this virus, the coronavirus has done. Nick and I were just talking before we got on about how it's affected him and his family and, and everybody's being quarantined. What's great about having a business that you work online is that you can still do work and you can still do business. He, he told me that he lives 95% of his time there. He's, he, they, he did have a, was living in North Carolina for a while, but now he's full-time in Europe. He told me that they're, uh, I'm thinking they're seven hours ahead of us. Is that right, Nick? Six right now with the time change, but yeah, generally seven to the East Coast. Yeah. Okay, to the East Coast. Um, he, and as I said, he loves to inspire men. And before I turn it over to him, I want to tell you that I think that it's important that we tell, your, tell our story. And, and so before Nick tells his story and I, and I let him take over, um, here's why I say that. Because I was on a podcast a couple months ago 
Um, and we're going to get into talking about accountability. Actually, it's really funny. My accountability partner was texting me earlier today and, and he was just came and spent a week with me and I went up and spent three days with him. And accountability is huge when it comes to men. M most men don't have somebody that they can talk to that can encourage him. I, I shared this on a couple of the other podcasts. Um, I did a Bible study at my church and, and I found out that one in 20 men have a best friend. Now, when you look at that from a women's standpoint, it's about, it's about 12 out of 20 have a best friend. So they, they've kind of got that part figured out when really it's men that should be getting that part figured out. Right. And so, um, and, and the reason I say that is, is because I was on a podcast with my friend, Dr. Joe Martin, who has one of the top Christian men's podcasts and I, I value him and what he does. And he's helped me so much. He inspired me to do my own podcast. He said, why haven't you done this? Like three years ago or four years ago or five years ago, or even 10 years ago. And, and then, then I interviewed um, a 24 year old and he said, Mike, why have you waited so long? You know? And so I'm hearing it from somebody older than me and somebody younger than me. So I stepped in and did it. And so here's what I know. My friend, Tim Douglas, who's my accountability partner. He heard me on Joe's podcast and he said, wow, man, he said, I feel like I know you better. He said, I didn't really, I thought I knew you well, but when I heard your story, I, I felt like I knew you better. And so guys, welcome to the Heatfluence podcast. My new friend, Nick Connor. Welcome, brother. Thanks for being here. Wow, man. Um, thank you for having me, you know, and, and I think you nailed it on the head about telling your story, you know, and in, in one way or another, that's really how you and I got connected. You know, I think I bumped across uh, a you and your profile in another group that's centered around men. Maybe it was Nicholas. Nicholas uh, Barrelers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, reading through the comments and just um, really being there to learn and grow myself, you know, you run across people that are willing to share and, and that, that turns into, at least for me, uh, an incentive to reach out to those individuals that I feel I'm connected with. And, and, and I think that's how you and I got connected. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, yeah. that's how men, that's how we're supposed to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you're right that we don't do it enough. And, and so anyway, I'm grateful to, you know, to have the opportunity to come on here and share and, uh, and connect with, with your audience and, and of course you. So awesome. So, so, um, why don't we jump into that? Why don't we jump into your story? Because I think it's really great. Like, like, you know, where we are and how we use this great information highway of being able to see each other. And, and guys, just so you know, we do this on video and we do it uh, on audio, on iTunes, on anchor, on Spotify, and, 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 and Nick and I are able to see each other on, on, on the screen. And, and I love that because it gives us, um, a pause for emphasis and emotion and, you know, and just allows us to kind of see how the, what the other person's going through. And, and like I said, you know, we're, even though we're miles and miles apart, I still feel like Nick is like right here beside me because we're on the screen together. But what I want to hear is, is I want to hear more because I feel like I know Nick, but I feel like all of you that are listening are about to get to know him better. Um, yeah. And one of the things my pastor was always saying to me when we just, my wife and I just moved from being in Clearwater, Florida, Tampa Bay area for 27 years, my wife for 20, but me of 27. And we just got up and moved. Right. I, I, and you're going to appreciate this, Nick. So I, I said to my wife one day, I got goosebumps thinking about it is that I, I went to her and I said, and, and you know that most women would not react like this. I went to my wife and I said, uh, I feel like we're supposed to move. And she said, when, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know when, but soon. Right. And so we put our house up for sale. We got the most, we got a cash offer. 
We got the most money we had that anybody had ever sold a house for in our community. We were able to recoup some of the money that we lost from an event last year. When, when a lot of, you know, who, who followed us, you know, we lost about $300,000 and it was funny, Nick, I brought up this earlier about Caleb McGillens, who um, is a high level influencer who you'll have to get to know. He he's 24 years old and he helps people with their finances, which is freaking in, incredible. How many of us listening today wish we would have, got our finances in order when we were 24 years old, right? Like, um, and had 11 people working for us, right? When we were 24 years old. And, and he said, Mike, and he said, I don't mean to say this mean, but he said, you know, that that 300,000 you lost was really like losing a million. And I'm like, thanks, Caleb. Thanks for like telling me that the 300,000 I lost was like losing a million. But I think when we learn those things from other people and we really get to know people for who they are and what they've went through and how God turns those things around when and with the snap of the fingers, when we just put our faith and trust in him, and we don't look at our circumstance or what we're going through, just like you living in another country, uh, meeting your wife. Why don't you share your story so people can really get to know who Nick Connor is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just listening to you. It makes me think of a word that I think is on everybody's mind right now, given what's happening. And that, that word is transition. You yeah. Know? And, and wow, we, we've lucked out you and I to have women in our lives that, uh, uh, ask us questions that don't have a lot of friction, like coming with a big, crazy idea. And, and, and they're just yep. pretty much on board saying, okay, yeah. when, when you know, yeah. lead and I'll follow. So, so like you with your Lisa, I, I was fortunate to luck out with my Lisa, uh, in, in the same way, a very supportive wife. But, you know, um, another thing that comes to mind with the word transition is, is where I was at age 27. And I was transitioning from being a, a elite level athlete playing division one baseball. And, you know, imagine waking up uh, for 27 years of your life, knowing exactly what you wanted to do. You know, I wanted to be a professional athlete. I had some talent, I worked hard and I had the opportunity to play division one baseball. And when I reached minor league baseball, I could see the writing on the wall that the big leagues weren't, weren't in the cards for me. I wasn't going to make it to the big league. So I decided to transition and enter the real world. And when I did that, I fully expected that I was going to be met with the same experience I had as an elite athlete, that I would wake up and feel motivated. And if I was running against obstacles, I'd know how to fix it. And I'd be able to progress kind of like I was used to my entire life, but Amen. pretty quickly found out that that wasn't the case. And, and, um, you know, about four or five years of searching, you know, I woke up and it was like, all of a sudden I'm 31 years old. And I looked at my life and it wasn't what I expected. You know, I, I wanted to be successful in business, but I was getting lazy. I was distracted. I was uncommitted. And that was pretty much the complete opposite of who I was as an athlete, who I identified as, um, you know, I craved incredible relationships with my family and uh, I wanted that love story. You know, I wanted to find my, my yep. bride and, but all I felt was isolation and, and I couldn't figure out a way to break through that. Um, I had this deep desire to help people, you know, to make an impact in other people's lives and somehow turn that into a business for myself. You know, I, I could see other people doing it. You know, I was, I was into personal development my entire life and, and, and I could see other people kind of helping others and making a business out of it. But um, I couldn't put the pieces together. And in, in 2014, I had a major turning point in my life. Uh, I lost my father to suicide. And shortly after that, 
I, I found myself sitting in front of a, a mentor. And this was one of the very few people in my life that really knew me. And I think, you know, like maybe a lot of the people on here, you got to ask yourself, how many people really know you? You know, how many people really know who you are? And, and not for many. Most people, it's not many. Well, for me at the time, it was only one. And it was this yeah. guy. You're, you're, you're one of the, you're one of the, at that time, Nick, you're one of the, like, like I said, in this Bible study, it said one in 10 men had somebody that they could actually talk to and one in 20 had a best friend. So makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it was important for all the reasons that might be obvious, but in that moment, you know, I just lost my father to suicide and I was really vulnerable. I was going through a lot as you can imagine, but the real value of this mentor was that he had one of the toughest conversations I've ever had in my life with me in the, in the mo in that moment. And he had to have known that I could handle it. Otherwise he wouldn't have done it. But that conversation really turned things around for me. It helped me realize first and foremost that I was doing things out of order. You know, I wanted to build this brand and have this business and I wanted to have this lifestyle and I wanted to help other people, but I could barely help myself. And you know, I, I, I wanted to, I, at that time, I really wanted to live life on my terms and I wanted to do it my way. You know, I wanted all those things I talked about. I wanted connection and collaboration. I wanted the relationship. Um, but nobody really knew who I was. I didn't know who I was. And, you know, it, it was, it was, it, I was at a point in my life where I knew I had to open up and start to be honest about those things. But I, it was scary for me because I didn't feel successful for the first time in my life. I felt like I was failing. And so, you know, I, I, through that, I think the big takeaways for me immediately following that conversation, it helped me realize that I wanted to feel important again. I wanted to feel like I mattered. And, and, you know, I had been chasing this feeling that I had experienced as an athlete, but the trouble was I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to find it again. And for bait, when in baseball, it was easy, right? If I wanted to, you know, hit the ball up the middle, I'd put the ball on the tee and practice for hours. You know, if I wanted to get better at fielding, I would go and practice my footwork, uh, you know, and all those different things. But in life, it wasn't that simple for me. And so um, this is when I really got committed to working on myself. And, and that's when I found my faith and made the decision through that about the type of man that I wanted to be. And that led to just some incredible things. First of all, accepting Christ as my savior and Thank you, God. committing to pursuing that relationship. And as that evolved, it led to me getting more and more committed in, in the world. I started volunteering at church. I started leading a men's group and I got really into that for, for about a period of two years and my life really transforms in many ways, uh, out just outside of business, right? My personal life, I got to a really good place because of that decision to pursue my faith and work on myself first. And that was a foundation of everything I've been able to do since, um, it can certainly get into that as we go through the, the, the conversation awesome. here. It's, it's, it's really funny. Um, and I don't say this to disrespect any of our listeners, but when you really connect with the right, and, and you're going to, you're going to find out more about how we are really like, like I played division one sports myself, um, track athlete, all American. 
um, qualified for Olympic trials, wow. uh, got pneumonia, didn't, you know, just, just the, the things that God, how he orchestrates the right people to come in your life. And I really think even now in this time, you know, as if maybe this is the time that you're listening and, and our world is in what we call panic mode. Right. And, um, it's really funny. Um, there's, I, I said this, that there's a difference between being cautious and being fearful. Right. Um, and when you, you, you at your time, I, I, I this is so funny. I, I got, the, I got goosebumps by just listening to you talk because I've, I went through that. I, I, I actually interviewed uh, Dr. Randall Langley, who is, was my pastor growing up, who is now the, the president and CEO of one of the largest theology schools in the world um, in mm. Pensacola, Florida. He travels all around the world. And he basically had a talk with me um, in my 30s and said, if you don't get your act together now, if you don't figure this out now, the rest of your life is not going to be the way you envisioned it. Just like Nick said, you know, we all have this envision of what we want to do and, and how that's going to look. Right. And, and, and so, um, I just commend you for, for really realizing the power that comes from, um, when we really turn our life over to God. And, and it's really funny. I was sharing this with some friends this weekend, you know, um, I have a friend of mine um, that has a large ministry here in Orlando and people come from all over the world to be a part of it. And um, I remember sitting in an intimate setting with him one day, Nick. And he said, um, he said, you know, I watch miracles happen all the time. I travel, I speak, I watch people get their eyesight back and their hearing back and, yeah. and all this stuff. And he said, do you know what the greatest miracle of all of that is? And he held his fingers up and he went, it happens like that. And you just heard Nick talk about it. When he, when the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead takes residence inside a human body, you can never be the same. There's no, you know, uh, an experience trumps an argument every single time. Anybody can, you know, re religion, religion doesn't get us to heaven. Having that experience gets us to heaven. That's right. it, it changes us. It molds us and shapes us. Like uh, none of us are ever going to be perfect, right? We're never going to. We're never. We're because if we, I, I heard um, a friend of mine say this the other day. He said, "Mike, if we were perfect, we'd be in heaven. We'd be God, right?" And he said, "It, it never just works." So, in tell me some things. Uh, uh, you know, you're in a foreign country. Uh, we're all in this <laughs> epidemic, right? This what we call pandemic, whatever you know yeah. it is. And and I'm not and I'm not downgrading it in any way, shape, or form, but. What are some things that you're doing? You're a healthy, fit guy. You love to inspire men. You exercise. What are some things that you're doing right now to um, increase your health and, and, and to protect yourself from the environment and things that are going on right now? You know what? It's kind of business as usual for, for, for me and, and us, my, my wife and I. You know, we both work from home. And, and so, you know, we haven't really been impacted, you know, short of going to the grocery store and having longer lines and, <laughs> you know, you know, kind of getting three or four weeks of shopping done in one trip. Yeah. It's been business as usual for us. Obviously, you know, you, you know, I'm feeling like the effects of uh, that, like everybody, you know, no sports and, you know, here we are in, in, in March and everybody was looking for forward to March madness and, 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 and just, you know, so those are, those are some of the, the ways that I've been impacted, but, Overall, my perspective and my outlook and all those things uh, ha hasn't changed a whole lot, which I'm grateful for. You know, that's that's I think another benefit that that I gained when I 
when I got outside of myself and, and, and I accepted, you know, that I'm not in control and I'm not running the plays here, you know, right. <laughs> that was huge. For me. And so, you know, like what, you know, that's a benefit. It's a huge benefit. And, and, you know, I guess on a serious note, it's like, I feel, feel for people that don't have that in their life because in times where you feel no control, it gets really tough if you, if you really want control and uh, especially tough. But when you've already resigned to the fact that you're not running the show, you know, it makes it a little bit easier. So makes it, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me about some things that you and your wife do to stay healthy. And you guys are both very healthy, fit people. Tell us a little bit from that perspective. You obviously work with men. She's a very influential, beautiful, encouraging person. You know, we, we both, you know, my wife, my wife hates when I say this, I say, we married up. She said, well, what does that make me like we married down or something? Right. She says that, but, <laughs> but, right. but just, just, you know, we, I think you and I both can admit that, you know, we married some very special people. So tell me some things that you guys do to stay healthy. Like it's funny while we're talking, my wife is at the gym right now. We, we have a gym here. Um, and so she's working at the gym about a hundred yards away from me. So, uh, what are some of the things that you and, and Lisa do? Yeah. So I, you know, the, the recent thing that I, i I did was the, uh, I finished the 75 heart challenge. It's been about a month now. Yeah. Uh, for the, I watched for those you go through that know about the 75 heart challenge. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, two workouts per day, one indoor, one outdoor, you have to drink one gallon of water read 10 pages of personal development from a phys- physical book, an actual book, yeah. um, no alcohol or sugar. And um, what am I missing? I think that's it for 75 straight days. Yeah, 75 days. Yeah. And so, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, this was big for me to do that. I needed that. I, I needed something to shoot for that was big. Uh, you know, I've always been in shape, uh, you know, after I got done playing sports, I stayed in fitness, worked in fitness and, you know, been in and around it. But as I got married, things changed. My motivations for the gym totally changed. I don't know if you can relate to this at all, Michael, I'm sure you can, when you got married, like, you know, before early on, it was sports, had a reason to work out. Then it was, I want to look good with my shirt off, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and then you get married and, and, and for me, it was like, well, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good. I got I'm a beautiful woman that's looking at me, yeah. uh, you know, making some money in my business. And it's like all of a sudden going to the gym and the way I felt and, and look, it wasn't as much of a motivator. And so I had to kind of reshape that. And I think that that's a, a, it's a big thing for a lot of men as they transition in life. You know, for a long time, I had a really unhealthy relationship with my fitness. You know, it was giving me something like it was a way of coping with stress. For example, it was a control thing for me. I knew what I was going to get when I went to the gym. I knew I could get a result. I knew how I was going to feel. So I used that as an outlet to deal with a lot of things in my life. And so when I started being more self-aware and starting to take responsibility in other areas of my life and dealing with things in other areas of my life, actually addressing things, the, the, the gym had a totally different draw for me. And I had to find that. And so it started, the big one in the last two years was 75 hard. That was a game changer. I put on a little weight being married. You know, my wife's a good cook. So uh, that yeah, let me drop some, about some that. pounds. What's that? I'm, I do all the cooking in my house. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, man. I lucked out in the beginning. I actually was, uh, I, I was, I was banking on being the cook, the, cook, the chef. Um, uh, but my wife had a, a, a game-changing experience. She was diagnosed with breast cancer 45 days after we got married. And she, she's a beast. My, my wife is a beast, man. And she just, she, she looked at that situation and she said, what can I do? 
what role can I play in changing my circumstance? And she decided to learn how to cook. And, awesome. and when my wife goes all in and she goes all in, I mean, she, I, f- I feel sometimes like a, a bum next to her. She's up at five, <laughs> five thirty every morning, goes to the gym is relentless. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And it's really funny. I, 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 I said this before now, but I just want to reiterate it. It's funny how we have so much in common with people that have been interviewing. Like um, I work with breast cancer doctors, uh, some of the most world renowned breast cancer doctors, that some of the things that I'm doing. Um, a lot of people look at how, uh, businesses and products are marketed and stuff like that. I look at the people that we get to influence and that type of stuff. And so being able to just hear how you talk about your wife and the things she's went through. Um, I, I was working with some breast cancer doctors over the weekend on some stuff that we're working with. And and so I, I totally understand the the motivation and the, 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 the power behind understanding your circumstance. I mean, in this last five years, I've been able to eliminate about 95% of the medications from my family, which has been incredible. My father, my father had skin cancer for over 30 years. He no longer has it. Now he had heart disease. He no longer has it. My mom was on depression and anxiety medication. So, um, being, being that leader in your home and really, and, and it's funny that you brought up the 75 hard. I, I had one of my friends say that, Hey, Mike, he goes, you always want to try to challenge people. Why don't you do something beyond that? And I did it for 90 days. I did, did 90, 90? I did it for 90 days. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I got my body fat down to 12%, um, uh, you know, somewhere between 10 and 12%. I have a 34 inch waist again at 200 and almost 25 pounds, which 225 pound guys, uh, uh, you're six foot you're two and at six foot two and a half. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. mostly guys, That's my wrong. big height don't have 34 inch waists. They have 36 to 38 inch waists, which is yeah. great. So uh, I was, I interviewed my friend JC Greg the other day, uh, JC Garrick the other day, and he, him and I were just talking about the effects of that. So since you have such a good relationship with your wife and you love having great relationships, why don't you talk about, why, why don't we shift directions a little bit? And why don't we talk about that? Tell me some things that men in general can do to have better relationships. Maybe that's a better relationship with their kids. Maybe that's a better relationship with their spouse because you and I were talking about this. Um, Men need to step into that role as the leader and it's all based on having quality relationships. Why don't you talk about some things that you teach your, your, your clients, things that you do that maybe the listeners are thinking, mate, wow, Nick's really figured out having a, having the importance of having great relationships and some things that you do to help with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, I've been, I've worked with men exclusively for the last kind of two years and worked with over a hundred men. And so, um, and then before that I was, uh, you know, I was, I was working more in a kind of a business coaching capacity and work with several men, but there were some consistent things that, that I learned working in both capacities as a business coach exclusively, and then kind of more as a personal lifestyle type of coach. And the first is I would say for those that aren't married yet and the understanding it, it all relates married or otherwise to uh, capacity and capacity i would say is by far the 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 most um un- misunderstood piece of of everything in our life right from business to relationships to our health it's having a good understanding of what our capacity is and then being able to manage capacity and so the way that i think of capacity is like a the battery in our phones my phone's not in arms length but you know the battery in our phones and 
you know, some days we wake up and, and we have more juice than other days. And, and most days we very seldom ever wake up with a hundred percent. Sometimes we do, but those are the easy days, right? Um, it's the days that we wake up with 30, 40% and we, we don't feel on top of our game. And so what I found to be most helpful is to learn how to use that capacity to the best of your ability, take, make the most of that 30 to 40%. And so I would say for anyone going into a relationship, it's, it's about understanding what you need and understanding who you are so that when, and if you do meet someone, you're able to make a decision about that relationship and how it's going to, um, work for your future, for your collective future. And, and if, if you're focused on who you are and what you know you want, if you establish those things, well, I'll tell you what, man, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to make a decision about pursuing that relationship. Just to share a personal story, one of the things that I did early on in my faith was I made the decision that I wasn't going to have sex until I was married. And that was a big yeah. deal for me, man, because I was an athlete, I was promiscuous, and I expressed my love through physical touch. We are and, so much alike, brother. We are so much alike. It's amazing. Yeah, like, man. I think yeah. this is a lot of the experience, a lot of journey with men. I mean, you know, yeah. the way that we kind of grow up thinking of masculinity is, you know, sexual conquest, athletic ability, um, you know, doing stuff with our hands, that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I was no different. And I made that commitment in large part because I wanted a relationship. But what I learned in those two and a half years that I committed to that was I understood my own capacity. You know, I really committed to myself, my principles. I didn't even have principles prior to that. Mm -hmm. And so faith was really driving all this. It was the cornerstone of all of it. But then when I met my wife, I knew right away. But I wouldn't have known had I not went through the process of staying away from dating because I didn't trust myself with women and then establishing the discipline and then going out trying dating. And then I started dating these beautiful women. And it was amazing how attracted women are to you when you walk around with principles and values. 100%. I learned that I had discipline even with those women. I said no to some of those women. And then all that positioned me that when I met my wife, I could go to her, a strong, independent woman who was very driven and, and, and successful in her own right. And I could say, I'm going to marry you. And she took it seriously because not because of what I said, because she could see who I was. Amen. And that was a big part of capacity. So that's prior to. So I would say, understand who you are, because the next phase of your life, when you get married. Well, I'll tell you what, my, I thought I was far along in my own journey ready to be married. And then I got married and I got slapped with some reality. <laughs> it's Ooh, a reality shaker. Yes, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And that first year was crazy. We had, you know, my wife had a health scare. I just shared one of them. We, we got pregnant, lost the baby at 12 weeks. We were living in a different country. I was trying to build my business, but more so, you know, there were some things I thought I handled. Like I thought I knew how to give and receive love. I thought I knew how to lead and, 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 and all of those things. Um, but I learned some, I got some truth thrown at me through that. Um, and had I not had that foundational piece of knowing who I was, knowing my identity and where it came from, and then that would have been 
I don't know. I don't even want to think about what could have happened in our first year of marriage. Mm. Uh, I, I can assume that I would have, have crumbled. I hope that I wouldn't have, but without my faith and without an understanding of who I, who I am, um, then it would have been very difficult. Um, and, and, you know, I've seen this play out. One of my clients, uh, longtime clients, Richie Baker, I can use his name. I've shared his story several times. He got into coaching with me for a lot of the reasons the guys work with you and I, Mike, because he felt out of control in his marriage. He felt um, out of control in his life. He was successful. He was making money, but he, he didn't feel like he had the connection with his bride. He didn't feel like his effort at work was really amounting to a whole lot. And so where I started with him is where I started with myself, because that's what my own experience. And that was to say, okay, well, what is it that you do want? And are you taking responsibility for creating that in your own life and, and establishing that in your own life and not expecting your wife to do it for you? Um, so, and, 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 and just that one thing I would say leads to a lot of incredible things and we can never get away from that. Mike, I don't think I can, we can never get away from taking responsibility for what fulfills us and our own expectations for, for our own life. What that's, that's so awesome. I'm kind of an emotional guy. So forgive me if I get a little bit emotional every once in a while, just uh, quite all right, man. Yeah. yeah, It's how we do this. It it, it was really funny. Um, I, the, the, the podcast that I talked about in the very beginning, that my friend Joe Martin and I did. And, and I had a young man pull over on the side of the road and I've shared the story before. And, uh, and, and he was where I was in life. And he was just like, Mike, I, I Googled Christian men and I listened to you on your podcast. And then I led him to Christ and, um, and everything has begun to change for him. Just like you said, um, his, he had no relationship with his father. His father was an alcoholic. His mom was living in a miserable marriage, just like my mom was for many years. Now his father has stopped drinking. He's, looked at his son and saw the, the, the snap of a finger as he said, I feel like my, my, my whole family has been born again. And I, and, and, you know, when you, when you lead and guide and you realize that it's, you know, John Maxwell says that significance when is happens when it's not about you. Right. And, and we know that. Um, and, and so before I go into the next, one, I want to ask you this question. What are some of the things that you do as a man of God, married, married man of God, to inspire your wife. Like I, I know my wife's love language now, like the back of my hand and I'm constantly, uh, asking her, Hey babe, you know, how are we, do- how am I doing? You know, how am I doing? Am I, hers is, hers is physical touch and yeah. quality time. So, uh, like for me, when we go out to a restaurant, I give her my phone, right? Like, here's my phone, put it in your, um, put it in your purse. Right. Yeah. And, and we did that yesterday with my dad and stepmom, and, and then, you know, just, just laying and listening. And, and it was really funny. Um, he brought up Nicholas Barely. I interviewed his, his mother-in-law and father-in-law on my podcast. They, they help marriages and strengthen marriages. And Chris said, you know, the, probably the most important thing that we can do as a husband, as a man of God is when our wife wants to talk, uh, we can ask him this question. Hey, do you, do you want me to just listen or would you want me to give you some advice on what, on what you're saying? Because a lot of times they don't want us to give them any advice. They just want us to listen. And then other times they want us to listen and give them advice. So what are some things you do to inspire your wife um, and, 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 and show her that you love her and, and the respect that you have for her? This is a big lesson uh, <laughs> and still continues to be um, yeah. for me early in marriage. We're less than two years into this thing as a coach, right? As somebody that not only does this for a living, but also really has a heart to help. Um, 
I've had to learn how to communicate with my wife. I've had to learn how she wants to be communicated with. And I mean, uh, you know, I'll sit here and just take a note on the advice that I think you said Chris gave you in terms of that question. I think it's a great question to lead in with. And, um, you know, that's something I'm going to implement into, into my conversation with my wife is, is how can I help right now? Can I, can I help or can I just, should I just listen? I like that. Um, you know, yeah, love languages. I, I believe in this stuff, you know, uh, uh, you know, look, we, we, I think that it all boils down to, um, like self-awareness, right? I touched on how important it is for all of us to be self-aware as men, but also being aware of who your, who your bride is, who your spouse is, who the woman in yes. your life is and helping her understand herself better. And, 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 and towing the line of being a part of that process, but also just encouraging her in ways that, so she goes and does those things on her own, I think is what I've learned as well. Like it's just learning how to effectively communicate and, you know, certainly knowing if your, your wife loves gifts or, you know, um, words of encouragement or physical touch or, you know, whatever it might be, um, that all, that stuff all helps. Um, but we're ever changing. We're human and and, and our our love is constantly evolving. And I find that even, you know, for me, the, the, I'm changing what, what, what used to work for me changes. And that's the tough part is staying on top of the change. So what I found best is to focus on, uh, yourself and specifically having a vehicle to apply everything that you're learning. If you're into personal development, personal development's great, but it's not going to pay the bills. No. We need a vehicle, a way of applying what we're learning through our faith. One of the things I love about the vision of getting on your knees to pray, of course, you and I know you can pray standing up, walking around, talking, eyes open. You know, it doesn't matter when you want to pray, but there is that visual and having a certain reverence for prayer, sitting on your knees. But then when we say amen and we stand up, now it's time to go do something. Agreement. Yes. That was a huge, huge thing that I had to learn, you know, because, you know, while I was going through all those incredible things during those two years, it was great. I was, I was emotionally, mentally, spiritually becoming a warrior and, but I was broke still. And so what I did is I had to go out and I had to get a job. I had to, I had to have a way of channeling that structure. You know, I, at the time I was building a speaking business and my income was really sporadic and I didn't have the stability that I needed, um, in my life. And, and so, and so in the spirit of what my mentor taught me, Hey, you need to do things in order. I, I kind of let my pride and ego go to, by the side on the wayside. And I said, let me go get a job. And I got a great job. I, I got a, my first consulting gig and that's when I really got into coaching. And, but that, that really helped me have a vehicle to apply all of this structure and these principles and these values. And it gave me resource in my life. Yes. And that resource was so critical for me. And, and so, you know, for me, I still lean on that with my wife. She wants to see me living it out. And so the principle, if I could share just one principle is no, go ahead. inspect what you expect inspect what you expect because number one, your wife is, if you set an expectation with your bride, she's inspecting that she's watching what you do. Yeah. And boy, we need to carry that rock. That's the ball we need to carry. If you're going to be the rock in your relationship, 
then th- that's really what, imagine that rock being the one you carry. When you set an expectation for your bride, it doesn't matter how small it is, right? You and I know it. If we say we're going to take the trash out, they're inspecting that. If they say we're going to sit down and do Bible study together, they're inspecting that, right? And, and that principle even carries into business, right? How we apply our business. When we set expectations, we have to have a way of inspecting those expectations. We've got to know the numbers that you can apply that principle to every area of your life. That's so good. And so Nick, so, so I'll just tell you this. I go back and, and listen to these after I record them and I send them to my guy and, and I take notes. And so I just want to thank you for, for taking some things away from me. And, and, and that's how I feel that these are most important. So like you said, I talked about change. Um, and I got a couple more questions I'll ask you, but before we move on, I want to, I want to just say this, you know, one of the things that Chris said after that, he said, have you ever thought about just asking your wife when she says something that you don't really understand you say, well, what did you mean by that? You know, asking a question to learn about what your spouse is talking about in creating that conversation. Like you said, you changed, I changed for me for many years, my love language, and it's still positive words of affirmation, but the top two kind of flip every once in a while, right? Like, um, I know that mine has flipped now to acts of service. Like I love it. I love acts of service. Now it's just kind of changed. Like I'm, you know, it's funny when I look at myself, uh, Nick now, and I, and I'll be 52 years old this year and I'm crushing my health. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a better, I'm becoming a better uh, mentor. I'm becoming a better friend. I have to be honest with you. God is weeding people out of my life. Like I've, I mean, I've had to, you know, stop working with some high profile clients just because they were looking for a babysitter and I'm not a babysitter. And, 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 and for me, I'm not going to do this business. We all need to make money. We all need to provide for our family but I'm not going to work. I'm not going to be a babysitter to somebody. And as our life changes, we start to recognize and we start to attract. I, I said this when I read John Maxwell's books, um, the 15 laws of growth about the law of the environment, like the environment that we put our in is the type of environment that God allows us to attract people. Like when I go back and look at the names of all the people that I've interviewed so far for my podcast, um, I think I've in- interviewed about 16 people. And we just started like three weeks ago. So it's kind of cool that the people that God has attracted, my friend, Joel Marion, who has one of the top podcasts um, on iTunes, born, born to impact has became one of my really good friends. He's, he's just been, we're just been a super encouragement for each other. And, and he said that we all, we, we all change. So why don't you talk about this since, since, since we we're coaches, um, why don't you talk about the importance of accountability and accountability? I'll just say this, Nick, for me, I wish I would have been more accountable the last 20 years. Like for me, after going through what I went through last year, having two accountability partners that I meet with every week, non-negotiable for 90 minutes. And half of that, we share about our relationships with our spouses and things that we're going through. And then we share about our business, taking action on our business. The three of us are doing some things together. We're using, if you, if you're listening to our, to, to my podcast, the very beginning intro, um, is my friend Don, the voice, who's one of my accountability partners now. And we, and, and that's important. So why don't you share how important accountability is in your life as a coach? Because obviously we're an accountability to a lot of people. So we have yeah. to learn to do that ourselves. So why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I, you know, we don't wake up wanting accountability, you know, that's, that's not natural for most people. Um, it is possible, right. It is attainable to reach that point. But I think the, the, you know, everything I do, Mike, I I just want to help people live and play a bigger game and, and step up in their life. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of people do not do that is revolves around 
um, responsibility, the responsibility of more income or the responsibility of being married or having children or all these things. We look at those things and we think we might not, we might not intellectually get what we're, why we're, why we're hesitating or why there's friction, but I believe it, it is around responsibility. We just don't know if we're capable. And, and so that's an ability thing. And, and, and so I talk a lot with my clients about the four abilities and accountability is, is kind of the, the pinnacle ability that we all need to have Amen. Um, um, in the journey to get there. Right. Just I'll fly through them. It starts with in the, in the realm of possibility, right? What's possible for you? What's possible for your life? What, what, what job could you do to get the thing? You know, maybe you're thinking about the right woman to get in a relationship with the realm of possibility is, is a difficult place to be because it's very emotional, right? It's, it's very uh, subjective and a, a lot of people live there and it's very difficult for them to get out of that. But the way to get out of that is to get into the next ability, which is what I think of as, as attainability. Because when you think about attaining anything in your life, whether it's a feeling, a thing, whatever it is, it requires some objectivity. It requires doing something. And that's a better place to be than living in the realm of possibilities because it actually gets you to start looking at actions that are going to change your circumstance so you can attain a different result. And so as you start to become more action-based, action-oriented, that is taking responsibility for your life, which is kind of this third stage of life. And this is a great season of life to be in. And, and, and I work with a lot of clients that are here. You talked about getting rid of some people and kind of removing yourself from some relationships. And I feel like this is where when you start taking responsibility in your life, this is where you really start to separate yourself from the people and that, that you maybe have always associated with. And, and I love this saying that we don't leave people behind in life. They choose to stay where they're at. hundred percent. I didn't make that up. Somebody much, uh, <laughs> I don't know, much more articulate. <laughs> That's okay. That. You can put your name to it. It sounds really good. Sounds yeah, like it's you. Pretty cool. it. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll take it. If you, if you let me take uh, credit yeah, for that one, but, um, but when we start taking responsibility for our life and it's a, it's a, it's incredible time because we, we really start to see different um, results. We start to see our life changing. And the next step really is to look at, all right, answering that question. Now we're taking responsibility, which means we're looking at what needs to happen. What do I need to do? And then you're starting to actually do it. That's taking responsibility. Amen. Well, well sometimes that's difficult. 100%. And so what do we need? We need accountability. We need accountability. And there's two types of accountability that I've experienced and you've working with people like I do, you know, the difference, right? The, the first is somebody that uh, needs accountability. And that's somebody that, that would show up on a phone call with someone like you or me and, and, and would say, what do I need to do? That's the, what, do, what, what, what do I need to do? I'll go do it. Just tell me what I need to do. And that's fine. The, you know, we, we all are in those seasons of life where we need someone to tell us what to do, to tell us what the next step is. And it's great if you have and find somebody in your life. It's not great. It's critical to find someone in your life that can help you in that way, right? And once you, once you have somebody that's directing you, if you're taking responsibility for that, that, that guidance and that advice, you're going to see results. You know, unfortunately for a lot of people, they, they go through that whole journey and then they get to 
a mentor or someone, a coach, maybe they're paying for it. And that coach is saying, okay, this is what you need to do. And they still don't do it. There's still something there that's keeping them from doing it. And, and, and that becomes a really difficult season of life because it's like, you know what you need to do. You've elevated your life, but for one reason or another, you're still not doing it. And so um, what's the cure? Well, the cure is to kind of go back through that process and, and to, you know, recognize that when you're not taking accountability, it's probably because you're thinking of all the possible things that could happen if you try that thing. Because when you have accountability, someone's telling you what you need to do. It's probably stretching you, challenging you, getting you out of your comfort zone. And when you get back into that realm of possibilities, it freezes you because there's nothing to grab onto. And so the same journey you went on, this is what I do with my clients. Like I just take them and say, okay, I'm challenging you here. What's going on in your mind? What are you thinking about? Nine times out of 10, man, they're emotional. They're thinking about all the things that could might happen. But, and then the next step is just say, Hey, all right, let's just get into some actions that, that you could take. And what if you did this? What if you did that? Okay. That's the best option. Now let's take responsibility for that. Now it's time to actually act on that. And that kind of gets them out of that. If you do that enough, you get into the best form of accountability. Mike, I think this is the greatest place to be in your life when you don't need accountability, but you want it. And so for you and me, when we get on a call with a client, what that looks like is that client's coming to the call saying, this is what I want to talk about today. This is what I experienced over the last three weeks with the action items that we've been going through. You know, like what I want you to do, coach, what I want you to do is just help me overcome this thing. And I don't know about you, man, but when I see a client come to the call with me or a group setting, or when I just hear somebody in their life talking in that way, I'm just like this person I got to know this person. This is the type of person I want to be around. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, what's good about that. So guys, I, I, I actually never, I usually kind of go back and take notes afterwards, but I took notes. I typed up some notes while Nick was sharing with this. And so think about it, possibility, attainability, responsibility, and accountability. And it's really funny. Um, everybody out there has this misconception that you can't, Nick, how old are you again? 37. Okay. So Nick, Nick, Nick is a lot younger than me. But my friend, Nicholas Bailey, who's 27 to almost 28 years old, who Nick and I both know, he said something very powerful. And I've learned a lot from Nicholas. It's almost like a father figure type of relationship that I have with him. He actually uh, messaged me the other day and said, I just wanted you to know that I'm praying about you speaking at my live event coming up. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Sometimes oh, you invest in people and you, you just don't know where it goes. Right. And, yeah. and, and he said, out of all the people I've heard speak at my, at my events before, in my mastermind, you've been one that stood out every single time. And, and those are relationships that go a long way. And here's what Nicholas said. He said, being accountable. Now I'm going to get into this last question. Um, being accountable is helping someone be accountable for their abilities. Accountability is mm. helping someone be accountable for their abilities. And I was like, wow, like, like, boom, like that's, we're not enabling them. Uh, you know, I'm working with a very prominent lawyer in, 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 um, in Colorado who is 70 and, and a couple months ago before I started working with him, his wife thought he was dying. I was just with him in Utah at an event. She came up and hugged me and she said, you've saved my marriage. You've saved, I mean, just all this stuff. And, and just in that one, and you know what I said, it just came out of mouth. I said, you know what, Hillary? I said, it's, it's, it's not me. God has used me as a vessel to help Bill see the abilities that he has. And I've just held him accountable for those abilities. 
And so thank you. Thank you so much. Now I uh, like, this is really cool. I love being able to hear men that we're like-minded, like that we get to inspire, you know, we get to share things that, you know, back and forth. That's what this is about. And if you're listening today, I hope that you get that. So Nick, let's finish up with this last question. Um, why don't you tell me, cause men are listening. A lot of the men that are listening have a business, uh, they're, maybe they're looking to get a coach. Maybe they, they don't, you know, I, I find out a lot of times, um, some of the people that say they can't afford a coach and they find a way to do it are the ones that get the biggest, um, uh, return on their investment. I have worked with a couple young kids that, you know, um, recently married in their twenties and now they're excelling in their marriage. And, you know, like you said, you're, you're newly into this. So, um, my wife and I just at the end of February, uh, celebrated 11 years of marriage, which, um, if those of you know, my story, my wife and I were apart and God rescued, uh, rescued us. Uh, uh, and, and like you said, marriage can be tough when, when the Bible says two become one and a strand of three cords is not likely broken. Thank God that I have the Lord in my corner and on my site. Cause my wife will tell you that I, I'm sure Nick, you've experienced this too. We as men sometimes can be difficult, right? Um, and, and, and it's challenging, but so tell me some things that maybe a, a, a takeaway, and then I want people to find out where they can connect with you and reach out to you and be a part of what you're doing. And some of the stuff I really love listening to Nick. I have him one of my favorites. I don't follow a ton of people on Facebook. Um, one of my mentors, George Bryant said he only followed 11 people on Facebook and he has multiple seven figure businesses. And he said that I was one of them. And I asked him why. And he said, because my message is consistent. There's no up and down. It's consistent. It's the same. Um, it, it drew him to me and we it, it just been a great relationship. How many of you would like to have a relationship with somebody who has multiple seven figure businesses? Mm -hmm. Like I'm raising my hand well, if you're listening yeah, yeah. to, yeah, Nick is shaking his head too. So why don't you give us good, send us away with this. Why don't you give us a couple insights and a couple tips from business perspective of what men can do to implement if they're listening now, something that they can implement that will excel them in their businesses and in their and, and just the things that they do as men. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really touched on it already. You know, yeah. there's this concept um, called positive deviance and, and basically what it states is just that, you know, somebody's, somebody's going to be first, right? I think of somebody like Roger Bannister who broke the four minute mile and, you know, Rosa Parks who sat at the front of the bus, right? But throughout history, somebody's all, somebody's been first at something. And so, you know, when you're in business, I believe, you know, in general, there's very seldom ever a new idea. A lot of us aren't innovators, right? We, we need to kind of see it modeled first, but the, the critical piece there is to then take action and just get started. Like the advice that you got to, Hey, why haven't you started your podcast? Just, just do it. And, and you just said, okay, why not? You just did it. And here you are, you know, a couple of weeks in or, you know, and you've already had a ton of episodes recorded, you know, same thing for me, writing a book. I've wanted to write a book for a while. And then finally I just did it. And now it's done. You know, it's like somebody's already done what you want to do. The difference is, is they just started, they just started taking action. And so the way I think of positive deviance is it's easier to act your way into healthy thinking than it is to think your way into healthy acting. If you sit and, and are just trying to take all of this, you know, if you're just, you know, like even, even for us, I see this happen a lot with Christians, man. Like I'm going to pray about it. Yes. Pray about it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to think through this and I'm going to ponder it and I'm going to consider. Yes. Do all of that. But at some point 
If you want to see something different happen in your life, you've got to get up and go do something. And man, it took me a long time to really understand that. I love it. And, and so that I'd say is the most important thing, no matter where you're at, you know, output equals input. And, you know, through things like coaching and mentorship and all that kind of stuff, certainly you can figure out what actions to take. So there are actions that are better than others, certainly. But at the end of the day, if you're stuck, the best thing to do is to go do something and, and to get active. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah. So th that I would say is probably the biggest thing. The biggest hurdle for a lot of my clients is just that they're not active enough. They're not doing enough. They're not making enough calls for sales. They're not putting out enough content to build their brand. Um, those are the things that they're not doing. And this leads to a lot of really heavy circumstances. The main one that I'm concerned about is mental health. You know, um, and, you know, I learned this from my father, who's a very successful athlete, played in the NBA and never recovered from that. And I saw the effects, the alcoholism, the drug abuse um, and the depression. And I saw that. And so it's really been my mission to help men specifically, but now I'm, you know, I'm really helping anybody that really has a desire to build their life through business, because I do believe that the best vehicle for personal development is some sort of enterprise, yes. whether it's a network marketing business or a uh, starting your own uh, brand or a podcast or writing a book, some vehicle like that, that can help you implement these personal development tips that you're learning on this podcast and that we shared today but also a way for you to improve your financial resource, a yeah. way to make additional income for your family. Um, because I can tell you one thing, it's, it's great to feel good about who you are. It's great to have a connection with the Lord, but it sucks being broke while you're going through all that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it is not fun Yeah, because I, you, yeah. you know there's more for you, but you're still handcuffed. And so, boy, I'll tell you what, man, if you can attach all of that positivity, all those principles and values into a vehicle that can make you money, you can really change your life and you're going to avoid a lot of heartache uh, uh, in the future. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It, it, it sums it up. And as we close, um, thank you, um, because, you know, faith without works is dead. You can believe in yourself and you can believe in the things that you know you're supposed to do. Like me, I, I, I had my friend Tim Douglas was here with me and he said, God, you you won an award at the largest uh, entrepreneur event every year, Thrive, that Cole Hatter puts on every year. You won the Monumental Business Award. Why aren't you leveraging all this stuff? He said, you he goes, I just want to stay here. I just want to come and live here in your house with all the, the recordings from George Bryant and Cole and all the masterminds that you've been in and Nicholas and all this stuff. He said, Mike, the only thing that's holding you back is yourself. Mm. And I was like, boom, it's like somebody punches you in the throat or, or other places. Right. And you just realize, and you know what, Nick, I came into this year with the greatest out outlook and aspect. I've, I've become a better entrepreneur. I've become a better husband. I've become a better friend. I've become better everything because I allowed God to examine every area of my heart and take over. So I just want to say thank you. And, and, and as we close guys, um, this is what this is all about. This is what this is all about. And so Nick, why don't you tell us real quick before I close where people can connect with you and how they can get to know you better and, 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 and see what, what type of fit you may be for them. And, and so people can kind of just connect with you. What, how would they do that? Yeah. Yeah. The best place to connect with me right now is, um, on Instagram and it's just at Nick Connor N I C K C O N N O R. And then on Facebook as well. Um, my personal profile, um, you know, 
I've learned a lot in the last two years about entrepreneurship, just like it sounds like um, we, we all are. We're all learning as we go here. And so I'm in the middle of a, a bit of a rebrand and, and some of my groups that I've had over the, over the last two years are changing a bit. The message is still the same. Everything I shared with you really has been a part of my, my programs and, and my belief system for years, and that's not going to change. Uh, but my groups are changing. So the most consistent place right now is, is at Nick Connor on Instagram. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just uh, finished up a book. Matter of fact, the DHL uh, is delivering it today for me to Praise God. It. Um, very excited about that. And that will be coming out shortly. And, um, you know, I'm giving away a lot of cool stuff, bonuses, uh, when, when you pick up the book and there'll be a lot of notifications on my Instagram about when you can do that. So that's the best way to stay in touch. Cool. I'm looking forward to getting about your book and reading it. Uh, so I'll be one of the first people that will, will do that. So guys, thanks for listening to the Heat Phones podcast today. And look, the only way Nick's message or my message or all the incredible people that have been on this podcast get this message out is if you share it. You go on and you comment on iTunes or um, on Anchor or on Spotify and you share it with other people. Maybe you're, maybe you're a woman and you're listening to this. I don't know about you, but I know my wife, when she listens to these, she's super inspired and wants to share them with her friends. You know, maybe you're a mom and you need your son to hear these inspiration, yeah. inspirational messages. And that's what's important. So do me a favor, go and share these, subscribe, send them to your kids, your husbands. And if you are a male and you're listening to this, please take time to listen to this. Maybe you listen to it when you exercise. Maybe you listen to it yeah. as personal development. You know, a lot of my clients we're starting, they're coming to me and saying, oh my God, this podcast with this person and this person that you did has radically changed my life. It's like, you know, sometimes we say stuff and they need to hear it from more than just us. And this is another avenue of, of the massive impact. And look, there's a lot of stuff that you could choose out there, but I hope that you'll choose to listen to this and share it. And so guys, thanks for listening to another session. Thanks to my friend, Nick Connor, again, for sharing what a, what a blessing it's been. Uh, I, I feel encouraged and inspired today. Um, and so thanks again for listening to the Heat Fluence podcast. This is Michael David Huey until the next time. Have a great week. God, have a great day. Love God, love people and live with passion. Bye-bye.